Hello and welcome to Dvorak Horowitz Unplugged, an hour-long discussion of activity in the financial markets around the world featuring columnist John C. Dvorak and money manager Andrew Horowitz. This conversation is casual and unrehearsed. Let's join John and Andrew now. I'm John C. Dvorak. And I'm Andrew Horowitz. And here it is, uh, Valentine's Day 2023. We do a show every Valentine's Day. Yeah, my wife's like, I'm going out with somebody tonight because you got a show, right? I'm like, yeah. That's <laughs> the best thing to do. Called Valentine's Day show. Yeah, yeah it's a Valentine's Day show. And we're going to show people, hopefully, we're going to get a lot of people to show the love. As a matter of fact, right off the top, I'm going to tell you what's going on. You know, I was thinking for a special donation. I'm going to start right there. Just kind of just throw it right in there. You get no content at all today. It's getting right to the donations. I was thinking for the date is 214, right? Yeah. So 214. If anybody sends in a donation of 214, I don't mean $2.14, by the way, $214, you will get a personal signed book of the disciplined investor, Essential Strategies for Success. I will put your name. I will sign it. I will send it off to you. That's It'll a good get, deal. I think yeah. you should, people should just take advantage there's of that. Not that many that are going. There's not. And then that many also out. note the secret page that has the real stock tip on it. Yes, I'll fold <laughs> it over for you. Yeah, but there's not a lot of. I mean, I, I maybe signed up. I would say over over my lifetime, I've signed maybe a hundred so or so books. Yeah, maybe 150, maybe. Uh, but you can even donate $14 if you feel like it. You're not getting a book for that. But, you know, something to represent the love that you had this Valentine's Day for both myself and for John. That's what I think would be wonderful. You can go over to dhoplug.com, click on the donate button. And if, in fact, you donate for this special occasion, please make sure to put your address in there. If you're donating 214 we will be happy to uh, pop that right in the mail to you. So there you go. That's something right there. So... Let's uh, let's let's recap, shall we? Let's talk about Sunday's event, this weekend Super Bowl. Which oh, I, you're talking about the Super Bowl? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Did you like it? Did you not like it? Did you have any? Oh, thoughts it was on one of the better Super Bowls I think we've seen for the last ten years. Yeah, yeah. And you know why that is? Because I was occupied pretty much the whole time doing something. So my friend says, hey, let's have, uh, instead of going to the club, let's go over to my house and have like, you know, we'll get a dozen people, get over, I'll get the I drinks. they're all coming to your house with a tiki bar. Well, we went over to his house. He's got a bigger backyard. But, you know, he says, well, we'll do it at my house. I'm like, okay, we'll do your house, fine. He says, you bring the food with 10 people or so, you know, 12 people. And this, you know, you tell this guy to bring this and this and that. We'll bring the drinks. We'll be fine. All I know is, as the week went on, there was more and more people. I'll give you the punchline. I ended up cooking for 65 people. That's too many. <laughs> I had meatball I parm hoagies out going out. <laughs> I had sauce and peppers. I had I had pulled pork. I had piles of chili. I had, it was crazy. It was just crazy. I gobbled it up. So I thought it was interesting. What do you think about the halftime show? I didn't think much of it. Seems to be, you know, she was she was lip syncing the oh, whole yeah. thing. She dropped her mic and she'd still be singing. I mean, I found that slightly annoying and it wasn't, the sound was kind of muddy. I, I didn't get it. I didn't find it. And it wasn't, you know, a bunch of guys in these white costumes and people jumping in. There's these, these stages going up and down. I, I didn't think much of it. I think there's a problem with diversity in the halftime shows. Just saying. Well, do you want to see more Chinese? Eh, anything, just diversity. Maybe, I'm, maybe, maybe, maybe one Chicano. Maybe. Just a little more diversity. It's all I'm saying. The pendulum has swung pretty far. 
Well, it was a big deal to get her to do this. And of course she's pregnant up there. Which, she, no, she doesn't get paid for that either. I didn't know that. Yeah. The, nobody on the halftime show ever gets paid according, you know, the NFL cut the deal because you're pre- getting some ridiculous exposure. Oh yeah. The, but she doesn't need that kind of exposure. I don't think it was positive exposure then if that's the case. Hmm. I don't know. I read an article today about it, that there's no payment for the halftime show headliners, which seems very- Do they have to spend their money? The, the, the Rihanna has to spend her money on the dancers? I'm assuming that everything is paid for, but there's no, like her travel, the staging, the, you know, the entire acoustics and you know all the stuff. And I assume that the dancers that come in, maybe are, I don't know if they're paid. I assume they're paid. I don't know. But, they're, but, she, but the headliner is not paid. Well, if the if the dancers get paid, somebody's this isn't right. Yeah, everybody's getting paid. That would be the, the listen. That would mean if the headliner didn't get paid, everybody at the Super Bowl is getting paid from the hot dog vendor down to the water boy. Besides the headliner. Yeah, it makes no sense. Yeah, I don't know. I guess they see it as a great deal. So. Well, yeah, this is the old hey, you can do it. You can think of all the publicity. Well, that doesn't pay the bills. Yeah, I mean the biggest publicity. I mean, the, the, what I've learned during the Super Bowl, at least was that Jesus gets us. Yeah. <laughs> right? Wow. Yeah. Well, I, got, I got some of the backfill of that, by the way, because a lot of people are wondering, like, you know, who paid for that? How'd that go? Where's that from? What's it up? I got the backstory on that. So we got some big oh, news. From you? Well, like, why don't you tell us right now? You, really? You don't want me to just- I looked at the bottom of the thing. It seems to be some organization. That that was not a free public no, service ad. No, 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 no. Not at all, as a matter of fact. It's starting with $20 and million. Dollars. And I will mention this. Yeah. Those ads on the Super Bowl are $7 million for 30 seconds. Yep. They spent $20 million on the Jesus commercials and uh, the He Gets Us ads, which directed viewers to a website to learn more about Jesus, were funded by primarily the one that you see because that was the one that was uh, not anonymous inside of there. It was Hobby Lobby's CEO, David Green. Oh, well, he's got plenty of money. With a string of other anonymous Christian donors. It was also donor-advised funds, and the $20 million Super Bowl ad was just a small part of the $1 billion that they plan to invest over the next few years to promote their Jesus-loving message. Well, seems pretty pricey. Yeah, well, uh, what, you know, what's the price you can have on immortality and, on, and on, on heaven? Can't put a price on that. So the campaign's website says that they're not left, they're not right, or political organization at all. They also say that they aren't affiliated with a particular church or denomination. We simply want everyone to understand the authentic Jesus as he's depicted in the Bible. The Jesus of radical forgiveness, compassion, and love. There you go. Well, I, mean, I found the ads to be tedious. I, I thought they, the, the theme was celebrities. Every ad had one, two, three, sometimes five, sometimes six celebrities. And uh, there were so many celebrities. I you, you lost track of what was the, was there a message? Is there some sort of a, a, a company here? I can't remember. All I remember seeing this guy or that guy. Yeah. A lot and then of- the thing that really was annoying there you have, uh, and it just caught my attention, is Tony Romo. Yeah. who is there promoting the Budweiser brands when he was a Corona spokesperson last year. It's all about money. Whatever pays the bills. You know, I mean, but just to kind of come back to Jesus for a second, 
You know, the one thing you, you never be obsessed with this. You never thought that God would need advertising. Advertising. It just seems to me that it's just uh, not there. It's, not necessary. It's, well, I think what you're trying to say is that it's crass. I mean, I, I just. Well, I guess it, you're not trying to say that you would have agreed. No, I don't think I don't. I think. thought it was somewhat crass. Um, doesn't bother me. It didn't but, bother me at all. I just thought it was fascinating. Except for the fact that they, you're throwing $7 million at these at the Super Bowl people instead of taking that $7 million and building a church or giving it to the poor. Or educating educating uh, the, the up-and-coming priests and all not to do the bad stuff they do. I mean, well, the church is still fighting battle. Catholics. I'm sure the Catholics had nothing to do with those ads. Ah, I see. All right. All right, getting back up to the top here, we have uh, big news from the BOJ, the, the Bank of Japan. We have crypto under fire again. Uh, the AI frenzy seems to have uh, smoldered after what went on, particularly with Google last week. I'm sure you followed that. Uh, Kanye West, big fallout continuing, and this time we're talking about billions of dollars lost due to his commentary, his anti-Semitic crap, his mouth, and uh, uh, he uh, is costing a particular company uh, upwards of a billion dollars in uh, lost revenue from the sale of socks. That's right, socks. There's a they're just not selling them. I mean, they're like who sells billions of dollars worth of socks? It seems that it seems that Adidas does. So Adidas could lose about $1.3 billion in revenue in 2023 if it's unable to sell its existing Yeezy stock, the stuff that they have. There's a lot of socks involved here. But but they have other stuff, too. They have the clothing and all that. So this is the Yeezy line that seemingly nobody wants to buy anymore. So the company said so, late last Thursday. So, they, so no one was buying the Yeezy line because it was A, stylish, useful, B, or maybe even good, and to, so far as quality is concerned. And because this guy just for political reasons and his bigotries, uh, they, so, so sneakers are now political. Yes, obviously everything's political. Yeah. Well, well uh, let's just back up about political for a second. Um, he, he, it's more than political, the stuff he did. He, he was really a dick. You know, his, I don't, would you consider anti-Semitism political or would you see that that's, that's different. That's persecution of religion. That's, that's a different situation than, than political. I mean, we could, I guess you could stretch the idea of political being opinion, right? I mean, I guess an opinion on a certain. I'm using it in the broadest sense. And yeah. it's okay. like, if you buy, yeah, okay, this guy's anti-Semitic, but it's, it's also if you're not going to buy something because of him, when it's really Adidas is another company that just happened to use him as a, as a spokesperson for a, a fee, he doesn't get that fee anymore. So that's, that's out of the picture. They're not going to pay him. Uh, it just seems like it seems, it's like it has a political stench to it. So the opposite. If I don't buy something because I don't like the person. And and whatever for whatever reason, let's just. Take I know the people that won't that. go see a Mel Gibson movie because of his anti-Semitic acts. I know people, by the way, just to get back to what we were talking about a moment ago, and I'll be honest with you, that won't shop in Hobby Lobby because that guy's anti-Semitism. 
He is? Oh, yeah. That's from everything. If you could read that pretty well. Yep. Well, I see a theme, a theme for this show. Well, if you'd like to talk about anti-Semitism, more we can. <laughs> well, you... <laughs> you brought it up, man. No, you did. <laughs> the Jesus gets us yeah. ads. Well, I, I, I and can... the Hobby Lobby guy. You did. You just. You just didn't get to the point fast enough. Yeah, I guess it's. It was. It was two disparate issues that somehow came together here. But the company Adidas said late Thursday that it's assessing what to do with the inventory, adding it as already already How about giving it to the poor. That's what I was thinking. Why not? Yeah, that's a good move. Yeah, I don't understand. I mean, kids, especially any kid, any kid under uh, 18, uh, they love tennis shoes, sneakers. And to have a, uh, you know, would you, re okay, what if you got a box of the Wheezy tennis shoes Wheezy. in the mail? The Wheezy, yeah, okay. Wheezy. I don't even know what they're called. Wheezy. But uh, I wear Pumas and Skechers. Um but if you got a box of these Wheezies, whatever they're called, saying free, here they are, <laughs> free, would you not wear them because the, the basis for the design came from an anti-Semite? I, I, now, here's the question of the of the day. Yeah. Oh, was, that, you, what, was that the question? Well, the question is, would you wear them or not? Or would you just reject them? Uh, you know, would you reject them? I would probably, would if, 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 if there was a well-known anti-Semite, or, or for that matter, uh, anti-anything, right? Uh, just a mean, radical, nasty person, I probably would not wear their, 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 their articles of clothing, clothing, no. If there was, if it was given out oh, free. free. Oh, free. Yeah, people would wear it. If, no, not, I'm not saying go out and buy any. No, and you're not getting anything. You have to pay nothing. You can have as many of these as you want for free because we're dumping them because we reject this guy. Here's his shoes. Take one. Would you wear them? Me? No. Yeah. No. I would. Okay. I'll, I'll get you. I'll get you some. You know, <laughs> free some, shoes. Some Dahmer's clothing. <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer's. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm, I'm looking right now. It's, at, a, it's a dilemma. It's I a think dilemma. it's a dilemma. It, it's a dilemma. There's but, so. So in other words, if they tried to give them to the poor, the poor kids that had any kind of class, they'd say, no, I'm not going to wear this guy's shoes. No, but they could make a choice. I don't need to wear it. I can buy what I want and do what I want. But those people that maybe, one, don't have, two, don't care, you know, don't know, maybe you can somehow cover up the fact that it's, put it, instead of, right, instead of it being Yeezy, put a W and call it Wheezy. That's fine. Somehow there you go. put a little. Or, what, or just dip them in paint. Yeah, just do something to get rid of that label. You can bleach them. Mm-hmm. There's a will, there's a way. I mean, I think that's a good idea to give it away to the poor. Um, you know, recycle them somehow. No, uh, they, they're not recyclable. No, no. No, there's no way. Send them to North Korea. But I like the idea you can deface them and give them away. Yeah, yeah. You know, put something okay, on that them. solves everybody's yeah. problem. And then finally, we have uh, in the in the first part of this, which we've goes over. <laughs> I know we're nudging into all the areas. We have a this soft landing <laughs> concept that keeps on coming back for more. You know that the Fed is going to engineer this soft landing, which we've talked about, but I'm going to state it again. The difference between a hard landing and a soft landing, which I don't know why we have to use all this mundane and and confusing terminology. Basically, a soft landing is an engineered slow down of the economy to curtail inflation by raising rates without a recession occurring. 
So I don't know. We've had two consecutive quarters already of negative yep. GDP. So well, this is the second time this has happened. Yeah. So now we have a, another chance to come through this and then to somehow prove that we didn't go into a recession because they changed some numbers. And by the way, this month, we saw G, uh, C, um, this month, February, was the month when the Fed recalculated, recalculated, rejiggered their CPI numbers to utilize only certain components with a one-year look-back period for comparatives of growth or drop in price, which should have probably provided for a better number in terms of uh, the GDP, right? Because prices were higher a year ago than yeah, they were two years ago. should have, yeah. But we came out with a pretty good number today, again, with the GDP, uh, GDP, I don't know where I keep saying that, CPI, the CPI inflation yeah, CPI. is um, was uh, point, point 0.5 this month, where it was yeah. point 0.1 last month, 6.4 year over year. And markets are like, eh, who cares? Dow Jones was down, S&P was a little bit, I would call it flat. NASDAQ was like, ah, let's party, because they're moving up Tesla again, and they're moving up uh, the, the companies like uh, Microsoft and uh, a few others. But- Inflation is ticking up again. There's no question about that. Now, you know, during the- I the, went to the taco truck today. And? Well, what should be a 99 cent or, I remember a taco was at 65 cents from a taco truck. Uh, $3.14 for a, for a street taco. Oh, one of those, you're talking about the corn, double corn, corn tortilla? Like yeah, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Three bucks for that? Really? Three fourteen. Wow. What, how do they come up with that price? Is that tax or something? No, it's just it's three. It says three fourteen. They don't charge tax on these things. Uh, they, somebody came up with that number, and there it was on the menu. I'm thinking this taco was two dollars and ten cents, like less than a year ago, and that I thought was high because well, most taco problem. truck. Ta here's the problem, my friend. You know they're still keeping the prices for where they are. Meanwhile, chicken is down. I just paid a dollar ninety eight a pound this weekend for chicken. Down sixty. Yeah, chicken's dropped like a rock. You know, everybody's all all. all hysterical about, oh my God, look what we did with the whole thing and look at the egg prices. Egg prices were up because there was a culling due to bird flu, primarily in the egg-laying chicken area, not in uh, meat, you know, meat chickens. There's a different use for chickens. You keep on killing the yeah. egg, you keep on killing the egg chickens to eat, you're not going to have any eggs. No, you can't do that. You right. have to have separate businesses. Right, separate business. Doesn't I mean, work. you can take your old. I mean, I know that they take the old old chickens, uh, and they some. I think they kill them. I don't know what they were, how they're sold, but I know that they they will. According to my wife, who's the egg expert, you know, we have this book, Too Many Eggs dot com. It's free for anyone who wants to download a PDF. Too Many Eggs dot com. Uh, if a chicken starts laying jumbo eggs, mm -hmm. they're taken out. Oh, really? No good, huh? Yeah, because they can't produce enough eggs and, and they complicate everything because these eggs are... And by the way, when I see jumbo eggs now, I buy them. Sometimes you got two yolks in there or a yolk the size of a goose egg. They're great. Why don't you get like ostrich eggs? Those are, those are enormous. They're too big. They are big. You need like a hammer. Goose eggs, goose eggs are about the right oversize. A goose egg is a, if you've ever, you ever cooked goose egg? I have not. I have never even held a goose egg. Oh, they're great. It's a big egg and it has, it's like, you know how a normal chicken egg, this is, this show is already lost. You know how, you know how a normal chicken it's egg. high finance, man. What are you talking about? 
this chicken egg is about about I say yolk is about one third of the total. Oh, yeah. Don't you? I mean, right, the right. regular chicken. Yeah, egg. yeah. I would say that. I, uh, yeah, one third. Yeah, about one third. Yeah, yeah. Never, never a half. Yeah. Uh, a goose egg, two thirds of the total. Wow. It's huge yolk. Wow. And that's no yolk. I mean, seriously, you know. I didn't get that. I was avoiding that line. Yeah, thank you. All right, let's keep on going. Uh, so during the pandemic, I was very concerned about things. I said, oh my God, we got this, you know, we got this freaking pandemic thing going on here, global shutdown. We got, then we got the, the Russian thing going on and we got all that. And we got China problems and all that, North Korea. So the only gosh darn thing that we need right now just to square it all off is an invasion by aliens. Or, <laughs> or, or, or the other thing is to have a, uh, uh, you know, a, um, flesh-eating zombies. Either one of those would round it right out, yeah. right? So there we are, UFO sightings. We already have the flesh-eating zombies are in the White House as we speak. Yeah, oh, so. they are, aren't they? But now we have these UFO sightings, and, and, and people are shooting down these things that they don't even know what they are. Balloons. They're balloons. They're balloons. They're, they're, it's the craziest thing, so... Uh, well, they're all balloons. The things are hanging off of them. They're, they're so, they this describe can't be the new. Thing this cannot off. be new. No, I'm sure it's not. And I don't understand why they're doing that versus satellites. It's, the whole thing is weird. Just weird. It's probably some balloons from, a, the, you know, we, in the ocean when we fish, we always find these balloons that are released from the parties on the ships. You know, they, <laughs> These are bigger than that balloon. <laughs> ah, come on. You go to Party City, you get a balloon, you let it go, you know, up in the you air. No, I had, I bought a weather balloon, a small one. Uh and I'm telling you, I don't know how much helium I couldn't couldn't fill it up. No, a whole bottle of helium. I oh, you yeah. know it's just it's just ridiculous. We have we have uh, balloons we use for fishing. We have heli big helium balloons that we attach yeah. to a kite if there's no wind to get the kite up in the air. And it takes yeah. a whole uh, whole thing. I'll give you a, a tip though: the cost of helium, which you can go buy at Party City, is very expensive. There is an area in Walmart that has it about thirty percent off. From where you would buy it. Right, well, I, I go to Airco or one of the big gas companies no. and just get a big tank of it. No, that's good. That's a good idea. For the boat, we need something small so we can stash it. You well, know, you can thing. get a small bottle. The bottles range in size. You can get a lab bottle. And, yeah. You don't have to get a big giant thing. All right, back to uh, the economic side of things. Biden is shuffling his eco team. Inflation is hot. We talked about that. What's moving the market? And uh, this week, a big parade of Fed speakers all talking the same talk, all talking about how you know, maybe the job isn't done and maybe we need to, you know, continue on. Already the pricing of the uh, the Fed fund futures are looking at probably two to three more hikes of at least 25 basis points to the end of the year. They're looking at the end of this year, rates being somewhere between 5 and 5.5%. Today, the two-year Treasury hit 5%. That's pretty. You know, something that happened in the sixty day or something, one of these six month. They're all up too. Skyrocket? Everything's up. Everything's all up. The ten years at three point seven or something like that. But the inversion just continues. It's inverted. The so, whole thing's a mess. Yeah, it's a mess. It's it's, it's ass backwards, upside down. It's crazy. So um, we talked about inflation. We talked about that. Now, I want to tell you where I started my day today because I think it's a part of what is going on with regard to where is the market, where is the market going, and the the. Uh, the group think, or as I call it, group stink, of what is going on out there right now. Because today I was up at 6. I was in the shower. I was out at 6.50 or so because there was an annual economic summit 
for a group down here of, uh, it's called the Execs. There was like 500 people for breakfast this morning. I got there at about 7.15, shook some hands. I mean, I'm going on right now a uh, 14-hour day for work. Good. Yeah, pretty good. Just keep on pumping. It's 2.14. So, yeah, exactly. 14. There you go. Uh, well, if both of us were doing it, it would two, be two 14s, but I think it's one 14. Yeah, I'm, really. not that, no, I'm not that crazy. <laughs> so uh, there's a guy named David Coe. He's speaking. He's uh, one of the mucky mucks, head of bloody de of Merrill Lynch, something or other <laughs> international corporate thing. Okay? okay? He's a good speaker. I think he's a Korean dude. He's uh, American, uh, but he has a way of talking that's uh, very interestingly sarcastic, yet fu- funny and not off-putting. Um, you know, people are asking these really weird questions of him, you know, about one guy getting hysterical about the, uh, the, 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 the debt of the U S and the, 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 the deficit and the excess spending. And the guy was like, he was all in a flutter. The guy, and the guy said, dude, calm down. You know, you're killing us all here. Uh, and I, I decided not to ask my question, which was, uh, I had two questions for him, uh, and uh, until privately till after the, I didn't want to start a whole thing. So uh, he was talking about in, in his discussion about, oh, you know, listen, it's going to be messy, but just stay invested. That was his commentary. You know, things will be okay. So, so he's not giving any like really, he's on for 15 minutes. It's tells story. about as useless, useless. as a- uh, Useless. Yeah, totally. Totally useless. And I'm sitting there the whole time like grinding my teeth. I've had like five or six cups of coffee at this point, right? And now I'm grinding my teeth and I just, I'm like fidgeting in my chair. I'm looking for the microphone. I'm thinking I'm going to say something and ask a question. I'm like, no, Horowitz, calm down, calm down. Don't do it. So he made some odd comments about valuations and earnings and just kind of rushed through them because most of the people in this room would not have any idea what he was talking about. He was talking about, hey, you know, we think the S&P's 500 is going to come in at about $200 per share this year. I am telling you, out of the 500 people, if two people, aside from me, understood what he was talking about, I'd be amazed. But he just brushes through this $200 projected earnings for S&P 500. That's Merrill Lynch's number for the end of the year. And he says, you know, it looks like we also are saying we should be overweight U.S. We think that U.S. And he came out with this rah rah sis boom ba overweight the u.s he's i've never heard that in the recent months yeah we should overweight the the u.s because the u.s is a you talk about quality you want to be in quality names and things like that for this messy period that we're going to go through even though we think that you should stay don't do a thing right don't do anything because if they do anything they're concerned they'll pull the money out and they lose that business of course they can't say you know in a public forum pull your money from merrill lynch and stick it in the bank can't happen so then he's talking about um, overweighting, you know, the U.S. because he thinks that the U.S. is one of those places don't ever. He, then he started with like almost like a I was waiting for a flag to start coming behind him. He's like, you know, you never count the U.S. out. The, you know, the, the U.S. Uh, consumer is just one of those. Like places. Biden. Yeah, this whole thing. And, you know, we are going to do it. We can pull through it. And with your help, we're not going to have a recession. Go out and spend. Go out and play, you know, that kind of thing, right? I'm like, oh, my God. So now, <laughs> okay, totally full yeah. of crap, this guy. It sounds like it. So I woke up to him. I'm like, hello. Thank you for coming today. I fully disagree with it. That's what I said to him. I fully disagree with everything you said today. That's what I said. <laughs> okay. He's looking at me like, okay. I said, listen, you're talking about $200 in projected earnings for the S&P 500. So let me just go slowly so everybody that we're talking to understands. That means if you take a multiple of 20, which is a pretty high general multiple in good times. That's what you get in good times, that people are willing to pay 20 times. You get 4,000, just a quick multiplication, 200 times 20 is $4,000 value for the end of the, 
end of the year for the S&P 500. We're at 4150 right now. We have increasing interest rates. We have possibility going to recession. We got a war in freaking Europe. We got oil prices going up. We got an idiot at the White House. A lot of things are like, how are we getting a 20? We have a 23% decline in overall earnings from a year ago on companies and many companies cutting, firing, laying off, getting rid of, cutting CapEx. So I'm like, dude, he goes, yeah, but you know what? We think that we'll plow through this. And if I was to punt right now, I think that we could do it. I'm thinking, oh, I said, okay, let's switch over. Let's talk about this overweight U.S. You know, it seems to me if we are in fact at a 20 right now, the valuation proposition isn't as good as some of the other places around the world, especially if the dollar is coming down from where it was or stabilized. It goes, you're right. I'm like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? What Good do you mean? Debate. Right? Well, I don't understand. It's I, I get stuck. I'm like, if then why didn't you say that? Why didn't you tell people that? And I just said, you know what? I'm done. I said, have a good day. See ya. That's what I said. I said, I can't do this. Unbelievable. And then I had some clients in dispersed there. They're like, hey, right. we'd, like, we'd like to know your comments about what he said. I'm like, oh, okay. Call me and we'll talk. So. You but, just recorded the little spiel you gave right now. It would be ideal. Oh, I just, I Listen to this. It. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't take it. I just couldn't take it. Um, so, so what is actually powering the market? Well, it's people like him and the the charade that they're putting on, and this, listen, I totally, I, I will say this, so, so there's no misunderstanding. I totally think that long-term, yes, I agree. We will be fine. We always are. Yeah, I, I have no problem with that. So what? But the point is, you need to make some proper adjustments along the way. That's all. You want to lean over here. You want to lean over there. You don't want to be in long bonds. You want to be in short bonds. You want, Different things you want to do. You don't want to be in more non-U.S. dollar denominated. You want to be in some commodities. There's different things that you want to do at different times. And, uh, you know, this whole idea of just, hey, just write it all out is, is what is actually powering markets. Because one of the things that's happening right now is, you know, while earnings are down 23% year over year, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Now, that light may actually be a freight train coming right at you. But what is happening is that the excitement around companies getting creative and maybe, in fact, getting a sense of religion in terms of financial and fiscal responsibility, which the government doesn't have, but companies are, because they have spending cuts that are happening, CapEx cuts that are happening, layoffs, all sorts of things that are going on, and that is going to cut substantial amounts of uh, cost from the companies. That's why... The markets are rewarding these companies instead of saying like, oh my God, look at all these layoffs. That's going to be a big problem. But the big cycle will become a problem long-term. Yeah, it has to. It has to. But short-term, yeah, I think laying off, we've seen this before where they start sure. doing all these layoffs and the company price goes up. Yeah, we saw this in 2007, 2008, by the way. Yeah. And, the, and, I and that's so. what I was fetching about that back then. That. Yeah. And up it goes. And up it goes. So here's a couple of things, um, updates. So Yahoo plans to lay off more than 20% of its total 8,600 workforce as part of a major restructuring. Uh, other companies are cutting back on CapEx and other expansion plans. So you have things like they are doing things like, well, a lot of, uh, I think the number today I heard was like 60% occupancy rate in the commercial, um, in the commercial part of the office buildings 
in Broward County, 60%, which is, by the way, higher than other parts of the country, which I thought was Why? unbelievable. Why? Why is it higher? Yeah. I don't know. It just is. It's just, I'm not sure what the deal is. People, I guess the companies want to be, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, you know, I guess you have a choice of being in Idaho versus Fort Lauderdale. People would rather work here. If you yeah. Um, but what, how does that account for the lousy occupancy? I don't know. I mean, I thought 60% was pretty lousy. They're like, that's not that, that bad. I'm like, uh, how's that not bad? We have pretty bad. Uh, this around every, almost all the cities have occupancy issues. Right. But at the same time, we're seeing record numbers in, in New York uh, in terms of um, rental prices for, for residential. Record. Record. Where's yeah, that? for what rental prices. The, the places looks like a lot of stuff areas are boarded up. Let me find out where this was. I put it somewhere. Housing market. Wait, wait. The median rent. I'm, I I must have either. I'm so jammed up still from the coffee this morning, or yeah, not, the coffee's getting something's to you. Something's not right uh, because I'm it's jumping great. around our notes pretty well here. So the housing market. Median rents in Manhattan hit a new record in January as a strong job market and limited supply of apartments lifted prices. Listen to this. The median, the median, was that's the middle, the, the, the dead middle. The middle not, of the upper yeah, it's not the, the It's not the average, it's the median. Yeah. Um, that would be the mean, by the way. The median rental price rose 15% to $4,097 from a year ago earlier. The highest ever what? in January. The what highest do you get ever. for your fourth? Oh, yeah. yeah, it's pretty high. I remember when you can get a rent, a, a two-bedroom for $1,200 a month back in the day. Yeah. Uh, so what do you get for the four thousand? Is that a two bedroom, a one bedroom, is a studio? I would think it's probably a one bedroom. I can't. Studio is probably three grand, so it's got to be a one bedroom. It's too high. It's ridiculous. Four thousand dollars. Think about that for a second. If you're paying four thousand dollars a month, you have to be at this round number forty eight thousand dollars. Forty eight thousand. Nice forty eight thousand a year. Forty eight thousand just for the rent. Then you got to maybe yeah. have, you know, I don't know, maybe some water, some maybe maybe some internet, uh, something. Electricity. Uh, yeah, so and then you have your regular overheads. Got to be. So now you're up to fifty five thousand a year, just that. So if you're making a buck fifty a year living in New York, thirty percent goes for taxes, right? And, and don't forget, thirty percent goes to the federal taxes. Yeah. But you also have state taxes yeah, state in New city. York, and to make it worth, yes, city taxes, <laughs> the city, right? So basically, New York will tax you. Yeah. So you make one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. Go out to eat once a week. And don't have a car, you probably are going to be upside down by a grand a month. Probably. You're going to be dipping into savings just for the sake of living in that wonderful, wonderful area. So that brings us back to football. What is that? You have a a situation where you have Aaron Rodgers has maybe go someplace else and they want to bring him to the New York Jets. So he plays in New York. Ah. But he also might want to play in Las Vegas. Now, if you're a guy making 20, 30, 40, I don't know how many million a year he makes or as a quarterback, you can go and live in New York and pay state tax and city tax in New York, or you can go to Las Vegas where there's no personal income tax. So if he goes to New York and he plays for, who's playing for the Giants? No, they want to make the, the Jets. The, the, oh, the Jets, so the Jets are in, I think they do play. Wait, don't the Jets play at the same stadium? Don't they play at, uh, in Rutherford, New Jersey? Or I don't know where the Jets play. Oh, they played Shea. Do they play Shea? Let me find out where the Jets play. Where do Jets play football? I thought it was the um, MetLife Stadium. 
The Meadowlands, yes, yeah, in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Yep. Oh, okay. It's uh, five miles west. But that doesn't mean anything because the tax is just as bad. Not not just as bad, but they're pretty bad in, in New Jersey. So you got to move somewhere else to like Delaware and commute, which would probably be fine if you get a private jet or, or even a helicopter to take you every day because you probably save that much money on taxes anyway. <laughs> probably. Yeah, ridiculous. So um, what they're saying about Manhattan is the main driver is a strong job market while layoffs at large tech companies Doing and Wall Street. what? There's a strong jobs market in New York. People are working. They're, they're doing stuff. They're obviously cleaning apartments. They're 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 riding people around on buses. They're in Uber. They're in tech. They're in finance. They're in restaurants. They're everywhere. So that's kind of interesting. Now, with that, we kind of slide up a little bit. If I can find where I was, here's the layoffs we talked about. Like financial industries cutting. There's a tech layoffs. A really interesting site. Now, this is a little bit small, uh, but I'll put this in the chat room. Copy image link. I think we do it. This goes like that. Uh, let's see if that goes. There it goes. So you can see, this is a, you see that chart there that I put in there? Um, in the middle? Tech layoffs, yeah. yeah. A little small, but you can get the it's, hint here. It's okay. It's readable. Point is that you can see that the bottom chart in particular, talking about employees laid off and companies with layoffs, right? So there's two different bars on the chart. The red is the employees being laid off on the left-hand side axis. Um, the companies with layoffs on the right-hand side axis. But what's really fascinating here is this is since COVID. Look at the big uptick for like a couple of months maybe there in total in uh, the beginning of COVID area. But just no layoffs at all. Nothing. Nobody's firing anybody until basically um, about the second quarter of 2022. And now there's a consistent... Yeah, why didn't they do the layoffs during COVID? Nobody got fired because everybody's getting paid to be there. You didn't fire anybody. You wouldn't get your PPP and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Couldn't fire anybody. So now they have too many people because they were hiring too, by the way, because they wanted to keep up the demand because during the COVID with all the things going on, yes, it was very logical to believe this was going to go on forever. A miracle oh, yeah. of miracles. We're going to be all locked yeah, up and everybody's going to take Money forever. Yeah, money forever. So crazy stuff going on there. And um, what we're also seeing is um, th that that companies are um, – let me just find out where I want to go here. Okay, moving on from Jesus. Okay, talking about companies, what's happening now. So these layoffs are happening, and the reason is because we're seeing problems. For example, I don't know what went on between Uber and Lyft. I will share with you. Do, do you use either of those particular companies? For getting around? No, I just drive around. So when I get an Uber or a Lyft, I happen to be in um, a couple of different places. I was going to Miami one day. I was going to Washington, D.C. another day. I was going to somewhere, somewhere, okay? So, oh, I was going to the beach. So I look up and I go Lyft because Lyft was always cheaper for me. Every time I've ever gone and compared Lyft and Uber over the years, Lyft always seemed to be cheaper. So I go and I get the Lyft and it was like $22 to go to the beach. Okay, no big deal. I'm like, you know what? What the hell? I'm going to check Uber again because I've done this recently and it's always kind of been interesting to me. It's only $17 on Uber to go to the beach and they'll be here faster. And the same thing on the way back. To go to Miami Airport from my office on Lyft, it's $71. On Uber, it's $58. It seems that I can't say this for sure at all, but I think that somehow... 
Uber may have got Lyft's algorithm to figure out pricing and just undercuts them. What do you think about that? That's very, very possible. If this is if this coincidence continues every time you check, you'd have to assume there's something like that going on. Somebody that would be, you know, you hire people from these different companies. These algorithms aren't top secret. Exactly. You figure out what it is. You use their algorithm and just do, drop twenty, you know, x, x number of percent lower. Company's still losing money compared to Uber. Uber actually had a, a, a bit, uh, profit. Uh, stock plummeted thirty five percent on the news. Still losing money. I don't know how Lyft keeps on losing money. Now they're talking about actually reducing their overall, um, their fees too, the, the cost. They're going to reduce the, the ride shares. Like, okay. Q1, uh, Q4 revenue was 1.8, excuse me, 1.18 billion versus 1.16. So that was better. Their loss per share was $1.61, only expecting to have 13 cents. They lost a butt ton. The active riders were 20.36 million versus 20.3 million. Is Lyft you're talking it's about? Lyft. Is Lyft. Yeah. Uber did fine. Uber did great. The big difference between Uber and Lyft is Uber has other services. Lyft doesn't as much. You know, like Uber Eats. Yeah, Uber Eats. Their guidance was uh, $970 million for Q1 versus $1.09 billion, so that's a big problem. Uh, revenue jumped 21% year over year. Active ride count is up about 9% for the year. But, man, they just had some – their loss was terrible. And if they're going to continue – if they're going to reduce the cost per ride and – they weren't profitable at this level. Not good. So the shares got shattered. 35%. Pretty bad. That's terrible. Yep. 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 So then we saw other things. Um, you know, this, this, um, we saw Pepsi come out uh, Thursday reported quarterly earnings. That was last Thursday. Revenue beat fueled higher prices by its snack and drink division. Food and beverage giant reported fourth quarter income of 518 million, 37 cents a share down from a dollar thirty-two, uh, $1.32 billion. So um, that's a lot. Net income was a year ago one point three two, and now it's five eighteen. And they had ninety-five cents a share last year, and now they have thirty-seven cents a share. That's what's going on. That itself is the problem. You see, John, what we're trained and conditioned to do by this TV, the CNBCs of the world, maybe even the Bloombergs and these other financial bozos is look for what the expectation is and how much we've either beat or missed, and that would guide us into whether we want to buy the stock or not. That's the game. When in reality, that means nothing. The, I know. The companies are massaging the, well, it means something, because you know the numbskulls out there believe that, right? So, so you have to put that in the equation and follow along the idiots. You just, yeah, you do. Well, yes, you, uh, yeah, you there's an to. issue with, yeah. yeah. So, but, but at the same time, there is something to be said about Actual numbers, actual growth. See, the companies massage the numbers. They put, how do you think the analysts get their estimates? They call up the, I'm like, John, hey, John, how's it going? Uh, you're pretty good. Hey, John, we got you penciled in for about 32 cents a share uh, this quarter. And, uh, you know, I want to make sure that we're kind of accurate. You have earnings in about three weeks from now. What are you thinking? He says, you know what? I'll be honest with you. Things are a little bit lighter. We should probably mark that down a little bit so that uh, when earnings come out, it's, you know, so maybe we're going to be at 22 cents a share. And I said, oh, 22 cents a share. Okay, well, what's going on? Well, we have some shortages here. We're doing, all right, you know what? Let's put that down. Company downgrades the, 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 the earnings, keeps the stock price at the same level for whatever god-awful reason is that. Company comes out three weeks later at 35 cents per share. 
miraculously, or no, 20, 25%, 25 cents per share, miraculously beating the estimate by three cents. But wait a minute, three weeks ago, they were at 35 cents. Now they're at 25, and everybody's like excited that they yeah. beat by three cents. They beat by three cents. How great is this? Crazy. Yeah, it is kind of, it's embarrassing. Yeah. Listen to my podcast this week on The Disciplined Investor. Uh, I, I talked a lot about what this is all about and the game that you get played and the, the fact that how you don't want to get suckered, but this is the, you got to be in the game and playing the game to win, but you need to know the rules, right? You need to know the rules in order to get around. You play poker, for example, at a no limit game. If you just play your cards, you're not going to win. That's not the game. So if you sit down and it's called poker and you play poker at a no limit cash game, you're going to lose. It's all about playing the player, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Or cheating. Well, that's all. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's part of it. Let's talk that's about uh, Google right. for a second, shall we? Google had an epic fail of their uh, AI bot. Yeah. Google barf. <laughs> exactly. Stock was down big after this guffaw where they talked about some, what was it some telescope where the telescope was misrepresented about the first something that saw some planets or something? I forgot. And it somebody was just, caught it. It was some silliness that didn't, they're showing off this product and yep. it wasn't like working properly. Yep. So, you know, you know, also something's not really right when three companies, major companies, reveal a major technology breakthrough that is identical the same day. Every single yeah, the same exact day. a scam. Of course it is. How years are going into this, and then all of a sudden they're coming out with uh, the, everything in the same day. So, this new interview uh, that they had, the boss of Google, Google search engine, um, warned against the pitfalls of artificial intelligence and chatbots in a newspaper interview on Saturday as Google parent Alphabet battles to compete with blockbuster app chat GPT. He said, this kind of artificial intelligence we're talking about right now can sometimes lead to something we call hallucination. Hallucination. He said, then this expresses itself, the AI expresses itself in such a way that the machine provides a convincing but completely made-up answer. <laughs> Which is kind of like most people out there in podcast world about not knowing what the hell they're talking about and bullshitting their way through the entire time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of funny. Kind of funny. Uh, we talked about balloons. Okay, fine. Uh, more losses we talked about. Housing market. I got to make sure we did all this. Uh, but earnings, Japan yen. So, uh, actually, let me just find this other article on uh, or the piece that we were going to talk about with Japan because I think that's important. Okay, here. Uh, first of all, uh, the eco team is being shuffled. President Joe Biden has decided to name Federal Reserve Vice Chair Lyle Brennard, uh, who is this woman on the uh, Federal Reserve uh, Committees now, as top executive, uh, top economic advisor, the top economic advisor, with announcements coming as soon as today, which did come out. In addition to that, uh, Jared Bernstein, a member of the Council of Economic Advisors, considered likely to be named its chair, replacing Cecilia Rouse, who is stepping down. So. Reshuffling the cabinet so that, uh, I don't know why. Uh, I don't know. This, the whole thing is stupid. And now he, they're talking about him running again in 24. Or he's not. he can't run anywhere, but going for the presidency again, I suppose. <laughs> run anywhere. Yeah. 
In the BOJ, there's some changes. Kauzo Ueda is set to become the next governor of the Bank of Japan, succeeding current Central Bank Chief Governor Harukuku Haru. Haru Kuroda, I call him Kuroda. Forget the first name. H. Kuroda. Uh, he was first appointed in March 2013. He's the guy that's like, hey, let's just incinerate the currency and see how that goes. And just, <laughs> and just, th there's. Well, you, you get to see how it goes. Yeah, he's saying, uh, let's just totally take it down, man. Let's see what happens with negative interest rates. Ha, this is going to be good. I mean, this is a guy that's really put the screws to the economics and. Unfortunately, we all said we're turning Japanese and we're doing the same thing, but not recognizing that their experiments sucked. Ah, oh, yeah. Right now, the yen to dollar is a buck thirty-two. Yeah, which is ridiculous. They're going to test this guy. Or it's uh, one thirty-two the other way. Yeah. So, well, what happened was they started to. It was at one fifty. I'll talk to you about some intervention in a second. But Kashida recently emphasized the need for the um, the central bank to have global communication skills, whatever that means, and, and and be able to coordinate closely with global peers, which is what they do. And there's a big worry that he's going to come in strong because um, he's not seen as, as dovish. Nobody can be, by the way. Nobody can be as do dovish as Kuroda. This is the most dovish guy ever. And uh, there was a big concern. I think they're going to try to test him on the yen soon. So one of the things that happened recently on the other side when the yen was at a buck fifty, remember that, 150? Yeah. So uh, these were how the games are being played. We finally found out just this week, this is what we call transparency, by the way, that Japan confirmed and made a record interventions in the foreign exchange market in October. So what are we talking about? October, November, December, January, February. Four months later, that's transparency for you. <laughs> they sold the dollar worth 6.3 trillion yen. So the quantity, uh, the quarterly data showed a steep drop in the yen to a 32-year low at 151.94 on the dollar on October 12th, which triggered the intervention that day, followed by another intervention October 24th. So in total, Japan spent a record 5.62 trillion. By the way, 5.62 trillion. Let's just clarify this point, which is equal to 42.5 billion. The fact that the yen is 5.62 trillion they had to spend, trillion, is an is is a affirmation of uh, the affirmation of the fact that they've gone too far in debasing their currency. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, this is like Zimbabwe numbers, right? Well, no, but not quite. Well, it's still five point six two trillion versus forty two. No, billion. I mean, in terms of throwing money away, yeah, it's a thousand times more. Yeah. Well. So they they did that on a single day on October 21st and a further uh, 730 billion yen on October 24th and have spent 2.8 trillion yen on September 22nd to stem the yen's, uh, yen's decline. So now you know the uh, line in the sand for the BOJ, which is pretty interesting, is 150 or so on the yen. So if it gets back there, if it does, which I don't think it will, I think it's going to go the other way. It it's, should. It's, it's pretty it's interesting. Yep. So, all right, them. so let's just recap real quick. Uh, we talked about big chickens and eggs with large yolks. We talked about uh, how we're not wearing Yeezy wear, but maybe if we were didn't have any money, we would. Uh, we talked about uh, Jesus a lot and uh, soft landings. And uh, we also talked about uh, it being Valentine's Day, where you, yes. can, where you can donate. And that $214, $214 donated gets you a personalized, autographed copy of my book, The Disciplined Investor. Let's go to the game, shall we? It's about time. 
This is a game that we play. It's not a solicitation to buy or sell any security. It's not a recommendation of any kind. Nothing on the show should be considered investment advice or a recommendation. If you choose to invest in any of the stocks mentioned, you should know that it may carry risk, along with the risk of a loss of principal. You should also seek out professional financial advice for your particular situation. We assume no risk as these are not to be considered recommendations. Horowitz, a company myself, or John C. Dvorak may invest in any of the securities mentioned, and we'll disclose that on the website under the weekly stock picks section. You can go to dhunplugged.com and see all the names we discussed in the segment, along with the performance information from the date discussed, as well as any additional important disclosures. Oh, I'm tired of that guy. Anyway, things are looking pretty okay. I mean, yeah, I got my one's pick last week uh, kicked off immediately. Yeah, pre press it, press it, Jen. Yeah, press it. It was a penny stock. In yeah, I think it's fifteen percent on there. Uh, yeah. the, sh the short arc is up four and a half percent from a week ago or so. Ford Motor Company still is sucking wind. Netflix short. I'm surprised it's not bounced off yet, but it's it's up a little bit. Your clear channel up 26%. Your um, energy transfer up 7%. Your Kellogg is still kicking it pretty good. Your one electro core is, is that kicked off yet? What is that? Oh, you have 50, yeah, well, you have 50% 50, 50 stop on that. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, the K-Web short is up 7%, which is the, the short on the China, which I think is pretty cool. Um, I have one stock. So Ring Central, if you look at the chart, yeah. it's absolutely miserable. RNG. Is this bottom feeding? What are you doing? So it's a flat base and earnings are coming out in a couple of days. And some of these things that have been just, I mean, this thing has been basing. If you look at weekly charts, it's like October. It's a long base of no movement. It was like a $400 stock at one time. It's 45 So oh, That's interesting. I should take a look at that. Well, I have one pick. Yes. Short. Oh, Nor Norfolk Southern. What is that symbol? That N, N Oh, N F. That K. N F S. N F S. No. E or something. Yeah, look it up. Uh, let me see what it is. Just had it up a minute ago. It is. I got it. It is. Uh, yeah. I had it. N S C. N S C. Norfolk Southern Corp, I guess is what it is. And you're going short though, huh? Do you have any shorts? Yeah, what on? what is the price on it? I think it's about 200 and yeah. something. Yeah, it's 235 down $4 today. Yeah. So this is going to Norfolk Southern, and you're going to do a short, which you haven't done in a while. Okay, we'll put the sh short here. Okay, yeah, 235 Uh, And the rationale? The rationale is they, I think they have liability issues for this mess they made in uh, outside of Ohio. And I don't think they're going to, their insurance company is going to back them up because I think there's negligence involved. Oh, that's interesting. All right. So it's going to be, uh, acts. What are we going to say? Act, uh, liability, liability issues, liability issues. Okay. This is a JCD pick. Let's put that on here. Uh, okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. And we'll color it for you. Got to keep our stuff like clean. So we know what's going on. Keep very organized. It is. Okay. I got RNG as a symbol and you got a long and earnings are, I think tomorrow night. Uh, NSC. I use ring central by the way, pretty good service. Uh, relatively inexpensive, but 
pretty good. The only negative, let me just share one thing with you. The only negative could be if a lot of layoffs in tech that were using Ring Central no longer need the headspace, right, of the phone or the yeah. extension. That could be the only thing. But I think it may be priced in already. That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm going with this. It might be. That's why it's so cheap. Yeah. So. Can you take, can Ring Central accommodate uh, working at home? So you just another extension? Yeah, I have it on my, I have it on my cell phone. Is that where you do it? Yeah. Oh, okay. So you could actually, interestingly enough, the phone on my desk, I could take that anywhere and just Wi-Fi it or plug it into Ethernet and it's the phone on my desk. It doesn't matter. Take it to Italy with me. It's the phone on my desk. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying. It's, it's kind of cool. And I have it also in my computer. So when, when my phone rings, my computer in Salesforce automatically pops up who is calling if it's my phone that's ringing. So I have their information in front of me, and I open up for any notes that I want to make on the call. Pretty cool. Hmm. Yep. I like it. Yep. Cool. It's, it sounds like a good investment oh, just great. generally. Oh, it's so – the time savings – you know, I could text right from there. And actually, you could fax to my main number. You could text to my main number. And it all comes right to us, wherever you're texting, depending on where you're texting to. But, but we could text in and out right on there. It's great. Unbelievable. Hmm. Good so, to know. And cheap. All right. Cheap, cheap, cheap. All right, I'll see you I'm next week. You. Okay, bye. bye. Tuesday, bye. Yeah, Tuesday. You've been listening in on a conversation with John C. Dvorak and Andrew Horowitz. Hope to be with you again soon. Bye-bye. Now, I'm not broke, but badly bent. I'm not down to my last cent, cause I got a dollar, but it's my last dollar bill. <laughs> yes, sir. In my pockets, there's a dent. All my dough is nearly spent, but I got a dollar, and it's my last dollar bill. Oh, I'd love just one more buck fortune left me by chance. Now, here's a hint. I feel like a man. You can hardly tell by a glance. I don't care. No millionaire can give me the icy stare. Cause I got a dollar. My last dollar bill. Horowitz Company, Inc. is registered as an investment advisor with the state of Florida and conducts business in other states where it is properly registered or is excluded from registration requirements. Registration does not imply any level of skill or training.